FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Time right now, 816. You're listening to WGNS again on this Friday morning, today, the 22nd of July. And our guest in studio this morning, Sarah Callender, Executive Director of Main Street Murfreesboro. How are you this morning? I am doing great. It has been a busy last couple of months. I guess summer's always busy for Main it Street. Is. Yeah, there's there's really not a slow period. Maybe January and February. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, summer concert series, that has been one of the big things going on all throughout the summer mm-hmm. and of course farmers market as well but I, I guess starting off this morning tell us about that summer concert series because we have what two more coming yeah, up yeah we've got two more they have been so well attended probably over 2,000 people have come downtown to these concerts and we've had great weather so that we're thankful for that but the next one is August the 5th so it's the very first Friday night in August and um, it's you bring out your leg warmers because it's an 80s tribute band, a mixtape. I know they play out um, locally a lot, so a lot of people are aware of who they are. But it's going to be a blast from MTV, MTV days in the 80s. <laughs> that, that's cool. And, and when people come to those out, outdoor concerts, are they bringing their lawn chairs, yes. blankets? Yes, exactly. They bring their own chairs, bring your blanket. Um, it gets pretty packed, so some people come early and set up a chair. But the streets close down Church Street, and um, the police close the square down when everybody starts coming. So it's it's safe, and kids are running around and just having fun. We've had just a few food trucks, um, but then and all the restaurants are open around the square so we really we encourage you to go get some food at a local restaurant and come downtown so that next concert august the 5th yes. and that that one is uh you know a regularly that's a tough one regularly, regularly. scheduled concert that's right but the one in september that one's going to be a different date than the rest of them right it's the well labor day weekend is that first weekend and it always changes in, in september because mtsu partners with us for that concert so we do it the first home football game um, and that happened to fall on the third friday of september so september 16th will be our last Friday Night Live concert with MTSU out. Um, 24-7 is the band that's going to play. It's a lot of R&B, soul um, type music. Uh, that one again September you said 16th, 16th. Mm-hmm. and these concerts they, they all start at what time and usually wrap up around what time yeah they're 6 30 to 9 30 shut off right at 9 30 um so and they start playing music at 6 30 the bathrooms are open at the courthouse so um and yeah just bring Big your event. chair and <laughs> right <laughs> bring a fan it, you know I know that you probably look at what other local communities do around their courthouse around their square but we don't have a lot of other local courthouses Mm-mm. we're one of the few towns that still has ours but what are you seeing nationwide have you heard of other communities doing stuff like the concerts you know during the summer are other communities doing that they do um we're part of the national main street program so there are main streets all over tennessee like columbia they have a courthouse on their square but you're right we're fortunate to still have a, a historic courthouse 
Um, and, and the whole Main Street program is just promoting a sense of place and bringing people downtown. So other smaller towns do try to promote like having concerts and farmers markets. So that, that is what we we all work together and, and share ideas. And then as far as businesses in the downtown area, are we seeing some growth there? Yes. It, every month I give a report to my board about new businesses that have come in. And I had a list of almost 10 um, that have that have opened up over the last two months. And sadly, a couple of businesses that have closed. And that's pretty much the trend. You know, every few months you'll hear about a small business that, that shuts down. Um, we had a couple of those that have announced that they're closing, but lots of new businesses moving in. Of course, I mean, there's a limited amount of space. So yeah. when someone does close, you, you hear of a, a new business moving into that space pretty quickly. Now, the cool thing is we're going to have a whole lot more retail mm-hmm. space coming very soon. I, I mean, not only well, this block here is one of the areas mm-hmm. they're looking at developing, but also one that's under development right now where the old First Methodist Church was. That's right. And there's a third one um, that it, I don't know how many people know that, but the Bank of America, that building has been purchased by um, someone, an investor, and we've been meeting with him and, and he's got great plans. He's working with an architect and looking at bringing in a hotel right there and I mean that is going to completely change the scene of downtown if you think three developments on different sides of the square of of the downtown area you know from Broad Street over to you mentioned the United Methodist Church the First Methodist Church over on College Street it's bringing in new restaurants bringing in more space for retail office space and then the I mean just the hotel and condos alone will bring in a, a new group of people and when you talk about hotels in downtown murfreesboro near and around the square we're not talking about regular hotels these are like boutique hotels with a a special focus on i would say customer care more so than some of the big chains yes they will be smaller um and i don't know who they're i mean i don't think that any of them have a, a set hotel right now i know they're talking to different people but you're right it is a different feel when it's downtown um and they are i know people get concerned with traffic and parking but all of these developments are working with Um, building in parking garages and and space like that to help with the parking. Now, this other hotel that is talking about coming to downtown Murfreesboro Mm -hmm. or or part of the plans, I guess I should say, um, will that add up to a total of, well, potentially three downtown Murfreesboro hotels within the next 10 years? Well, I guess for sure, too. Um, The Methodist Church, I think they took the hotel off, but that's still a possibility because it's condos that could be turned into um, a hotel if they found someone to partner with which that would be great. Um, I know people also like the idea of having some condos downtown. It's cool to imagine living, you know, right here around the square. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be really popular. Mm -hmm. And there's also, there's so much space on second floors of the historic buildings downtown. I know the city is looking at um, helping the business owners to get fire sprinklers, water sprinklers on the second story. I mean, that's what a lot of the historic downtowns around the country are doing is trying to invest money into the buildings that are already there and update them so that people can have living space in the upstairs of buildings. We're, we're going to see a lot of changes, I would say, downtown over the next few years, because I know right before COVID hit, there was a lot of interest from different investors mm-hmm. and and builders 
looking at doing something downtown, but then plans kind of dropped off the map whenever COVID hit, but now they're back on the board. They're coming back. That's right. I guess I would say pay attention to your city council and and what's going on um, because there's a lot of, a lot of things happening and um, developers wanting to come downtown, especially the Broad Street project and um, the the Creek, you know, that they're they're bringing up and Cannonsburg area. I mean, that will extend the downtown across Broad Street, especially if there's a a walkway over Broad Street will really expand what you think of as the downtown. The the daylighting of that old town Creek is going to be a a neat project because you don't see a lot of creeks in downtown areas usually. Right. And water brings people. I mean, people are attracted to places outside that they can visit with friends and family, walk. Um, I mean, it just makes for a healthy community when you have outdoor uh, places that people can go and, and visit. And I, I know the original plans for the Bottoms area, which is over there around Cannonsburg, which is the area where they're going to daylight Town right. Creek. But the original plans, a lot of people in the community wanted an outdoor concert venue. Is that something that the city is still looking at? Um, I have not heard them mention, that, especially with the the business that's wanting to come in over on Medical Parkway, the Boots Barn. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I had heard that, too, that that was what the plan would have been. So I don't know if they're still discussing having an outdoor amphitheater it would be really neat to have one downtown though definitely again we're talking with sarah calendar this morning executive director of main street murfreesboro and one of the other things that is coming up it's this weekend i know it's sold out but it's the taste of rutherford event yes um this we've been having this event for over 20 years i I don't know the exact date of when they started it Um, and it used to be a small event at someone's house Um, and since covid we were we were push to think of a new way to do the event to keep it safe and have it outside and so we had it at Cannonsburg for two years and this is the um, first time with me being the director that we're having it at Oakland's I did hear that somebody said back in uh, the 90s they did it out there once Um, but it's over 300 people we've got 22 restaurants that are coming and doing tastings um, and we've got a live band second and vine is going to be performing from seven to nine so we're very thankful for people that have purchased tickets and oakland's mansion i mean theoretically it's in the downtown area yes we do consider that downtown and we promote oakland's and work with james and um, we're very thankful for that historic place um in our downtown and, and money from that that that's a fundraiser that helps out main street murphy's bro and if anybody doesn't understand what main street does i guess tell listeners kind of what some of the the purpose of main street murphy's bro is yeah so main street is part of a historic preservation um, we are a nonprofit. our mission is to maintain and enhance and promote the historic downtown so our our focus is supporting small businesses downtown advocating for the historic downtown with the city and the county government Um, And then just creating a sense of place through the events like the farmer's market and the concerts, the Christmas tree lighting, things that bring people to the downtown. Um, A community is as healthy, I think, as their downtowns. And when especially even as people are modernizing and the cities are growing people still are attracted to the historic downtowns when they travel. And if you look, you know, mom and pop restaurants and the boutiques and 
those are the those are located in the downtown area and that that's the people that live in our community and so we try to support them and keep our downtown healthy now recently rutherford county the government of rutherford county they auctioned off one of their buildings that was at one point an old bank Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's right there on maple street Uh, well it sides maple street and it later turned into the rutherford county da's office and now that the da's office has moved and everything the courts have moved that's was purchased and it's going to eventually be from what i understand a restaurant or a bar and grill or something along those lines whiskey dicks is moving in the back of that building so there's two parts to that building and the part that faces church street is going to be whiskey dicks Um, i think they also have a location over on memorial um, and so, yes, they're a restaurant, they have, a, they're a music venue. And, and then in the front of it, the owner of, um, did I say that right? Whiskey Dicks? Well, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> pretty sure. The, and then, um, somebody in the front, it's also going to be a restaurant. I'm getting my names confused with my businesses, but yes, that is one of them. <laughs> but that, that just shows there is, you know, there's going to be more life on the downtown square, not only in the form of residential areas but also more entertainment yes, coming def- this area okay i got it right. hanks is going to be in the back they're located okay. on memorial so they're moving in the back and whiskey dicks the owner of that um venue he's in the front of the building so yes you're right i mean if you think about what a downtown a theme for our downtown i would say is definitely dining and entertainment um, we've got the walnut house and gallagher guitars um and the alley you know and tasty table they've turned into the abbey house and they have music um that musicians performing at night they've opened up and they have a wine bar so it's really neat to see some of these restaurants kind of pivot in these buildings and and bring in entertainment we do have a very lively downtown now since the judicial building moved and they built the county built a brand new court building and everything has it alleviated some of the problems with parking on the downtown square i don't think so (laughs) i think that we need to educate our community about parking and um, people are in such the mindset that they have to park so close to whatever business Um, and our square is small and we don't have a lot of parking directly on the square and it is two hour parking and we have a lot of employees that's that park around the square as well which causes a problem so i would to advocate the parking garages that have been built the the civic plaza um, under city hall and the library that is a parking garage and they've realized there's like 700 empty parking spaces during the day and then like you said the new judicial building that parking garage and at night they're open you can go in there and park and it's just one block walk to the square either direction so i really want to encourage people to park off of the square and just walk a block i know not everybody can do that but those who are capable Again, Sarah Callender with us this morning with Main Street Murfreesboro, the arts. There's been a lot of talk in recent years about bringing more arts to the community. And I think a lot of folks listen to that. And in downtown Murfreesboro, you have the art crawl that takes place. Yes. So they kind of took a hiatus um, with their organization and with COVID and everything. But they have regrouped and we had an art crawl. Um, in June, along with the SIP Shop and Stroll, where the businesses stay open at night for shoppers. And that was very successful. And so they're going to do that again 
um, if you follow the Murfreesboro Art Crawl on their social media, and they have a great website um, for artists who are interested in participating, they have a sign up. But it's September 16th. So it's the same night as our Friday Night Live concert in September. They're going to partner with us and have an art crawl that night. So it's a great way to walk around the downtown and go into the different businesses and see some local artists and also then come over to the concert. Hey, I know as you go out past the downtown square, we're seeing more and more, uh, you know, taller homes being built that are, I think they're divided. Some of them are divided into maybe like two or three different Mm -hmm. units, but we're also seeing more businesses along Maple Street as you head down Maple towards Memorial Boulevard. Is that something that you think will continue? Yeah, I think people just want to be downtown and there's not a lot of space. And so, um, working with the city and codes and where you can have businesses they you're right they're turning these houses into um, businesses and that's that's really neat that people want to reinvest in older structures and um, and bring their businesses downtown again Sarah Callender with us with Main Street Murfreesboro is there anything else coming up that we left off um, no, just the Saturday market is still going strong. Um, they've got like over 70 vendors each Saturday. And so that's 8 to 12 each Saturday. Um, and that runs through October. But that, that's been really popular. It has been. Yes. I, I mean, if you drive downtown Murphy's, bro, whenever the Saturday marketplace is going on, it's I mean, it's full. Yeah, it is full. Come early hey, and you <laughs> before can park, it gets hot. Again, for parking, you know, mm-hmm. use one of the parking garages because there's usually availability, especially the one on Church of Vine. Right. And, yeah. and there is a lower level at the one on Church of Vine which a lot of people don't realize too. Yes, that so, is true. Lots and of the police are really working, you know, with um, the downtown and safety and, and just watching. So if you ever don't feel safe, you can call, you know, if you're at night and you're walking back to the parking garage, you can call the um, non-emergency number and they will escort you back to the parking garage, especially if you're a female and it's late at night. So a lot happening, a lot of growth in the downtown Murfreesboro area. And again, We're going to see a lot more residential space come into this area very soon. One already under construction and one forecasted to be constructed in the near future. So a lot more happening for sure downtown. That's right. And I just want to thank, we've got so many volunteers that work on our board and committees on Main Street. So, and people like you, you know, WGNS, just to help us to get the word out about downtown and a lot of, a lot of feet on the ground helping our organization. Definitely. Again, Sarah Callender with us this morning with Main Street Murfreesboro. Right now that time, 834. Coming up in just a little while, we'll be speaking with Alan Farley from the Rutherford County Election Commission about some of the, uh, well, of course, early voting going on right now. We'll talk about that for one, but election season. We're in the middle of it, and Sarah, I know Rutherford County, they recently said that they're going to be updating and renovating the old Goldstein building, Yes. which is where the Election Commission office is. Yes. But that's, that's again, a lot of history right here in Rutherford County because I think that was one of the first big department stores downtown. Mm -hmm. It was and that I don't know we have time to say it but that is a project that Main Street is is going to start working on is bringing them having the National Historic Register um, putting our downtown district on that and and we've never done that before and that's a shame because we need to have all of these buildings on the Historic Register and it doesn't do anything negative you know, it doesn't keep anybody from doing anything to their building. It just is a, a stamp from the national um, 
you know, the historic program that just says that we are a historic place and it's valuable. Pretty cool. Yes. And and I know recently, as we close this morning, I know recently there were some, some grants, I believe, awarded. Oh, that's right. So talk about our, our having fundraisers and things like that. And it's to put on free events downtown. But also we have started giving money back to the businesses. And this year we were able to do a facade grant. And two businesses um, are receiving $5,000 each, Vita's, Flowers, and Beckman's. And they're doing um, improvements to their building. So we're trying to invest money back into to the downtown and the small businesses pretty cool again sarah calendar with us with main street murphy's bro sarah thank you for joining us thanks for having me time right now 8 36 a check on the weather and more comes your way next including we'll be speaking with in studio alan farley from the rutherford county election commission and all comes your way next The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. You can find us at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Animal City is Murfreesboro's longest-running and only family-operated pet store. Here at Animal City, we know how important nutrition is to a healthy pet. We are proud to carry full lines of premium foods to suit most critters. Come see us at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Do you know somebody who has moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? Well, Demas's Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food, such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple. You just go to demasfamilykitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody. Go to demasfamilykitchen.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and joy. Hey, y'all, this is your girl, Cheryl Underwood, and I want to tell you something. My digestive system used to make me feel sluggish, but those days are over. Now I feel great. That's because I increased my fiber intake with the Metamucil 2-Week Challenge, and I'm still hooked. I just took Metamucil every day for 14 days, and it's really that easy. Metamucil traps and removes the waste that weighs you down, so you feel lighter and more energetic. Now I never want to go back to that heavy feeling. Are you ready for the Metamucil 2-Week Challenge for a coupon and daily support? Sign up at Metamucil.com today. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. 
time right now, 8.39. You're listening to WGNS on this Friday morning. Today, the 22nd of July. And now in studio with us, we have Alan Farley of the Election Commission. How are you? I'm doing terrific. How are you, Scott? I'm good. So early voting, that is going on now up until the 30th of July. How's that going? Well, it's actually going pretty good. Uh, you know, everything's going very smoothly. Uh, you know, of course, we'd love to have more voters as of this uh Close of business uh, at 7 o'clock last night. We had 5,656 voters cast their votes out of uh, 202,000 registered voters. So uh, that's, uh, that's just a little drop in the bucket. But uh, hopefully we'll get, we'll get more um, here in the next uh, few days before we close out. Now, in early voting here in Rutherford County, and I think most places throughout the state are like this now, you can vote at any early voting precinct, and then on election day, you can vote at what any precinct that's closest to you. Is that how it's working now? Correct. That's only here in Rutherford County. There's only um, we were the first to do that, but there's three other counties that are in addition to us now. So it's um, you know the early voting. Yes, you can vote anywhere, any early voting location um, in any county. Um, but now, as far as election day. Uh, that's only in Rutherford and, and three other counties. So Rutherford County is kind of the uh, experimental area, I guess, for that. Are other counties looking at us to see if it works well? Yeah, I mean, some counties are wanting to do it, and some is just more of trying to get in a uh, position um, uh, to do it. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're more the leader more so and uh, in, in, uh, kind of guiding that and some, some things to make voting more efficient, uh, or, the, or the guinea pig, I guess I should say. And this is a pretty big election locally because we have not only those running for Rutherford County School Board, we have the city of Murfreesboro with the city council. I mean, there's a lot that's up for grabs right now. The, I mean, and I'm glad you brought that up, Scott, because this election here really impacts the 365,000 um, <clears throat> residents of Rutherford County more so than any presidential election you know in 2020 in november 2020 we had 144,000 people who turned out to vote um, largest the largest number of vote uh, cast in, in the history of our county but this election here you you just you just you named them off whether it's our city school system our county school system uh our our county and city taxes um our public services that that are provided you know what impacts us daily uh is right is, is being decided in this election right here i know some of the Ill, some of the seats that folks are really paying attention to this time around would be that for rutherford county mayor then juvenile court judge is another one and i don't know if at the election commission when there is a seat that is contested more so than others do you get a lot of phone calls saying you know i, I just wanted to verify that so-and-so's running and, and and so forth yeah i mean we, we do uh, of course and i've and i've always uh tried to get people to understand this you know they'll say and you hear it a lot nationally um here in the last few years well all these oppressive election laws that are being passed you know we look at turnout look at turnout I mean, we're make, we're making voting more accessible, more you know, easier, like with the um, election day, convenient vote, vote center where you can vote anywhere. But the main thing is, is that what causes turnout to either uh, turn out to be great or not to be good is competitive races. You know, you look at in 2018, 
you know, if you compare our numbers right now to the primary numbers in August of 2018, you had a very spirited, competitive Republican gubernatorial primary. Uh, and also uh, in 2018. In 2020, in August, you had a spirited U.S. Senate primary between Haggerty and, and, and um, uh, Sethi. Well, then you look at um, October 2018, you also had a very competitive uh, U.S. Senate race in November. And so, and then also uh, gubernatorial. And our, and, and our turnout was a little, very a little, so much higher. But when you don't have competitive races, people don't turn out and vote. That's what affects turnout is when you have um, you know comp uh, very competitive uh, elections going on uh, with both party nominees. That's what drives up uh, your turnout. And I think, you know, just from the outside looking in as a citizen, I think one of the things that makes a race competitive would be depending on those who are running and how outspoken they are and how important that seat is to your community. So it could be just two people running against each other, but yet if those two people have a lot of good ideas and they're bouncing them back and forth, you're hearing a lot about them, it's going to make that race all the more attractive for others to come and want to vote on it. Exactly. I mean, you know, back in the back in the 80s and 90s, you know, uh, the, the roles were reversed. You know, um, I mean, as of, as of yesterday, uh, we had 2,822 um, oh, uh, voters who voted that voted in the Republican primary compared to 1,690 Democrats. It's a 70-30 split. You know, so Democrats are staying home. Republicans are turning out early, which traditionally um, early voting is, is a high. Um, more Democrats turn out. Republicans are traditionally a more election day uh, voter. But, um, but so that, I mean, I think a lot of that drives, but now in the eighties and nineties, it was, the, it was reversed. Those numbers were reversed with Democrats had more people turning out, uh, than Republicans. So, uh, so it's really not just, it's this uh, snippet in time. It's, it's, it's been historically, the pendulum swings both ways, uh, you know, who's, who's in a majority, who's a minority. But the thing is though, is that we really need competitive races, competitive candidates, because those ideas is what generates, um, uh, you know, um, you know, policy and those things that generates, uh, you know, impacts our, our day to day lives. So campaigning aside, if you put that out of the equation, is it hard for someone who lives here? Is it hard for them to put their name in to actually run for an office and, and what steps are required? Well, I mean, we, there's a qualifying period for each race and then um, or each election cycle and that period, 60 days before the qualifying deadline, which is in, ends up being three months before the election day, uh, anybody can qualify. If you're a resident uh, of the county or city uh, of a year, uh, been here a year, uh, and you could actually, all it takes in your registered voter, 18 years of age. Now, there are some age requirements. You know, like for school board, you have to be a certain age. Uh, you have to be a certain age for different um, uh, state-level offices. But... But it's, if you meet those qualifications, it's just 25 signatures of registered voters in the area that you're wanting to run in. That's all, that's all it takes. 
So once you get those signatures, does the Election Commission have to go and, and call or verify each and every person who signed that petition for that person to run? No, what we do is we do signature verification on because, you know, we, pull, we, we have everybody's signature on file. We have everybody's registration on file. And what we do is we go and verify that, yeah, okay, Scott Walker, um, you know, we verify that that's a valid, valid signature, valid, um, uh, you know, um, on the petition and we verify 25 and we always tell candidates, you know, get 50. So that way, cause you have some that uh, may or may not be registered. So that way, you know, that's all, that's all we did. So looking back over the years that you've been here in office, have you seen anybody forge signatures or has anything like that ever come up? No, I mean, you know, some cases what you happen is um, like, you know, uh, actually my name is James. Alan Farley. Well, I sign my, I go by my middle name. So somebody who kind of goes by their middle name, what may happen is we may not pick it up because it's, it's but, but the address may be the same. Uh, so we may have to investigate a little further or, you know, some people kind of go by nickname uh, and they, they may sign that. So it has to be as the way that, that you're registered. Um, so, uh, but as far as, you know, forging of signatures, no, I mean, sometimes it's just not having enough signatures because they, didn't get enough and, and you know they only had 24 23 and the other 10 or 15 that had people that signed it they wasn't registered uh, okay and again this election cycle going on right now early voting up until july 30th and then election day august the 4th and the times that people can early vote is it 7 a.m to 7 p.m or is that time only election day okay our early voting hours uh in rutherford county is very rare uh you know like in nashville uh, the first week of early voting in Davidson County, you can only go to one location, and it's downtown Nashville, uh, which I've never understood that. But what we do is we provide uh, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday at our election commission office location on the square. We have uh, uh, seven other satellite locations uh, throughout the county. Uh, we've got Vine Street Annex, uh, which is on Vine Street. Um, we also have Sportscom. We have the Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors. They've been a terrific partner with us, have been since I've uh, come on board as administrator and, and providing that, uh, the south side of the county and city of Murfreesboro. Uh, and so Lane Agri-Park on the west side. Uh, then we've got Smyrna Town Center, or excuse me, Smyrna Town Hall, uh, their city hall there on Lowry Street, uh, Grace Church in Smyrna, and then also the uh, multi-purpose building uh, in Laverne, which is located behind Laverne City Hall, uh, our locations. Those hours are 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Monday through Friday. And then Saturday, uh, all locations are 8 to noon. And the great thing about this August election is, is that we have three Saturday um, uh, voting periods. Normally, the typical election, the May the November, uh, we normally have only have two Saturdays, but August because it's way it falls on and being a Thursday election, that gives three Saturdays voting. So uh, I know sometimes Saturdays a little more easier and convenient for folks. Hey, I know recently I, I've seen a lot more activity on the downtown square of people campaigning, and I don't recall that much activity on the downtown square of people campaigning during early voting has there been more i guess of those running for office actually out there campaigning right there on the square during early voting than usual well, we have one thing to take into account too is this is our eight-year ballot so our eight-year ballot means we have all of our judicial offices so it's the largest longest ballot that we've got 
um, of, of each cycle. So all your judicial offices are on, on eight-year terms. So 2014 was the last time this occurred, and uh, then now. So what you and this is really strictly local. Most you know, most elections a lot of times they're statewide candidates, national candidates. So those don't tend to campaign. With this being pretty much um, every every local office on the ballot, with the exception of just a few. There's more candidates, they're local, so there's more activity. Uh, and of course, I know Saturdays have been busy because you know the uh, farmer's market on the square, which you mentioned earlier, um, and so all of our candidates have been there. I mean, it, it looked like a war zone, um, a, a parade route with all the signs that they had put up. And then I know uh, codes, which they do, uh, city codes do strictly enforce uh, the sign ordinance here, and then they come through and and uh, pick up the signs but there was a lot of activity which i tell you i wish people would while they're the, they're getting their their um items on saturday i wish they'd just walk across the street and vote we're you know we're right there they can do two things at, at, at one time so again alan farley with us with the rutherford county election commission now for those who are listening who don't know maybe you know this is maybe they just signed up to vote for the first time who knows but there are rules in place about the dress of what you can wear whenever you go to vote. You can't wear clothes that are highlighting, you know, one politician running against the other. Uh, but what what are some of those rules that are in place for those who go to vote? Well, you know, we have what we call it's a hundred foot boundary. So the it's a no election zone, um, and that first hundred feet from the door, or if as long as the, the prop the property uh, extends now like Bond Street. We don't go a hundred feet because we're, we're into the into the street. Um, so um, you have a hundred a hundred foot zone there that there's no campaign activity. So when you go, you're not going to be bothered. You're not going to be, and and most people they don't they don't bother you. They just want to wave and say you know thank you for voting, uh, appreciate your vote. Uh, so with that, but then also too there's no signage. But then voters or campaign workers can't come in that area. So if, if somebody is working for a candidate and they want to come in to vote, then they have to remove their sticker, have, may have to turn their T-shirt inside out or wear a jacket or something to cover it up because there's, there's no uh, <clears throat> advertising or campaigning within the polling area. Uh, and so then that way, um, that, that's covered up to keep that from, from happening. Now, I know there's novelty, you know, President Reagan T-shirts out there. I've seen Dukakis T-shirts out there. But they're all, you know, novelty from years past. If somebody wears that to come in and vote, is that allowed? Or have you had to say no? You well, due to a Supreme Court decision, yes, that is allowed. Uh, in the past, it was any p political uh, paraphernalia or any political insignia but yeah if it's on that like right now i know we have folks who, who want to wear uh, make america great hats and different things uh that's fine because president trump's not on the ballot uh former president trump's not on the ballot so that's fine but if uh ronald reagan i've got an old reagan bush 84 shirt yeah that's one of them that folks of course are, it doesn't fit yeah. but, <laughs> but but uh but the thing is though if i if it did and i could wear it I could wear that and that would be fine because they're not on the ballot. So it's only pertaining to candidates that are on that ballot. 
And one of the questions we got this morning, and I know we only have a few minutes left, but if you do have questions, text them to 615-893-1450. One of the questions, is it too late now to sign up for absentee voting? I'm glad you mentioned that because I was getting ready to cover that um, before we got off. July the 28th is the last day to uh, send in a re- absentee request. Now, I, I encourage you to do it sooner than that because you know you do have to allow time for the ballot for us to receive it, the ballot to be mailed, and then also mail the ballot back to us. So there is a little delay time there. But the 28th, seven days prior to the election, is the deadline for uh, absentee requests. And then, of course, July the 30th, five days before the election, is the last day of early voting. And what allows somebody to actually qualify to vote by absentee ballot? Some uh, person who's not going to be here during the early voting period or election day, uh, some uh, people that that may have a disability, not able to, uh, uh, to appear in person. Uh, If you're over the age of 60, which is the biggest number of the requests that we get, uh, someone who may be uh, hospitalized or or ill uh, and, and cannot somebody who may be on jury duty, or an election official um, that's going to be working election day, they could also vote absentee. There's about 14 different um, um, aspects that you can uh, request. You know, if you're an over-the-road truck driver or the spouse of an over-the-road truck driver uh, who's delivering our goods from from coast to coast, you know, they can they can also uh, request uh, an absentee ballot as well. Another question we have here. My son turned 18 yesterday. Is it too late for him to sign up to vote in this cycle? It is for the August election. Now, one thing I always tell people, you can register when you're 17. Okay. Now, in this instance here, if this individual would have registered uh, before July the 5th, even though they were not going to be 18 until uh, she said, did they say tomorrow? Yesterday. yesterday. Oh, yesterday? Yeah. All right. So the 20th. So at that point in time, you register, and then what happens is we put you in a too young category uh, registration. And then what we do each day, we go pull those registrations, and then they've registered before the deadline. So that's a valid uh, registration, but then they're not going to be 18 until, you know, two or three days or weeks before the election. We pulled it, then that person could actually, they registered as of yesterday, they could show up and vote early today. Uh, so, but if they didn't register before the deadline, uh, they w- w- could go ahead and register, but they would be eligible for the November election. So uh, that doesn't that doesn't rule them out for this election year, just this specific election. So I encourage them to go ahead and register. And then once we get this election closed out, we will add those registrations that come in during this uh, uh, dead period for registrations. Uh, and that's activated. We'll get those done, and then they'll be eligible to vote in the November election. And another question here. It says, you mentioned we have roughly 365,000 residents in Rutherford County. About what percent of those are registered to vote? Well, we're right at 202,000 um, uh, uh, register voters uh you know that's including everybody and of course i think our census we ended up being at three 354 i think it was somewhere in that range but that was in that was in 2020 so now we're in 2022 that's so the estimated range there but so what we have is is that there's people that are under the age of 18 there's people that are residents here that are not a u.s citizen 
so I'm, I'm not for sure what that number is, but I would say based off of, of past data, it's probably in the 78 to 80% range. That's pretty good then. Again, Alan Farley has been our guest this morning. We're already out of time, but we'll post this podcast. The uh, the entire interview, we'll post it on our website in a little while here for those to listen to at WGNSradio.com. Again, Alan Farley with the Rutherford County Election Commission, our guest this morning. And once more, early voting going on now through the 30th. And then day of election again is what? August the 4th, Thursday, August the 4th. Sounds good. Again, Alan Farley with us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Scott. I always appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Time right now, 8.59. You're tuned in to WGNS Murfreesboro and local news with Ron Jordan is next.